0: Good afternoon guys, ComCenter Sports back at you once again here on Monday, February the 10th, 2020, episode number 54 coming at you, and today we're going to talk about the updated information around the Mookie Betts trade. With me as always, my co-host Ben Nisman, Benny, how you doing today buddy?
1: Doing great Joe, thanks for having me on the show. I kind of figured everything would get figured out here, at some point the deal would get done, just a matter of figuring out all the logistics, and just seems like the Twins and the Red Sox don't get connected here. It's more like the Twins and the Dodgers, and then the Dodgers and the Red Sox separately, Um, but at at the end of the day, I I figured it was gonna get done, I think you figured it was gonna get done. We knew Mookie was out of here no matter what, it just now comes down to, well, the Red Sox miss out on potentially a pitcher that, I mean, that was the big ticket here, mm-hmm. but instead they get another prospect from the Dodgers instead to it comes down to, I mean, which, which guy is the guy that flourishes, I guess. At this point, we don't know. Um, I feel like no matter what, of course, uh, it was important for the Red Sox to just, Get the money off their hands. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent to be. Get something out of it. Um, I still believe you could have gotten more from other teams, personally. But they get it done. They dot the they dot the i's. They cross the t's, and they get it figured
0: out. Yep. And guys, if you want to check out our first video about this, go ahead and click this button up here in the uh, in the corner. That's episode number fifty when we were. Very excited about this deal and it coming at a perfect time for for our show, being the 50th episode. But let's take a look at what has changed here. So the Dodgers still get Mookie Betts. They still get David Price. We talked about those guys in the past. What we do know is how much money is going to the Dodgers as well. The Red Sox are paying half of the David Price contract. That is $48 million, along with Mookie Betts, David Price, going to the Dodgers. As well, in the deal separately now with the Twins, Kenta Maeda goes to the Twins. We talked about him. And Bruzdar Gratterall, the prospect that was supposed to go to Boston, is now going to the Dodgers and will fill into that bullpen. And they just strengthen that bullpen with a flame-throwing right-hander. He is absolutely electric out there, Benny. If we
1: if we know that he's going to be the truth,
0: mm-hmm. right
1: now you had a guy that's what a strikeout to over a strikeout and ending with from Maeda. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long how much longer Maeda's contract is for. I I know it's pretty team friendly. It is, but it's not like Maeda wasn't a guy that could be a piece to the puzzle to help you win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like Maeda wasn't helpful through his run. He's been on the team what right now? Since, um, for three years, I believe. Yep. So I, they bring in a guy, sure, you tell me he's a flamethrower. I don't know if he's going to have command of the strike zone in the major leagues yet. I'm not sure. They kind of flip a pitcher for a pitcher, both mm-hmm. of them. And I guess it's just a question of, is this guy the real deal? Or, you know, were you better off? Just if you're going to win the World Series this year, and I'm talking about the Dodgers, right? and you knew that Kent and Maeda would help you get to that point, you wouldn't make this deal. So that's where I'm kind of confused right now from what they're getting back. If they're getting money, sure, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it doesn't seem like it's such an overwhelming amount that it, it might be worth the risk on Gradarol, especially if like there is some kind of looming injury that might be
0: So, a couple of things about that. Number one, Kenta Maeda is under team control for the next four years of his contract. $3.125 million each year. So, that's that. I mean, that nothing. seems
1: pretty manageable for a yes. guy of his caliber. He's yes. a pretty useful
0: player. Absolutely. He'll slot in either as the two or the three around Jake Odorizzi, Jose Barrios. You know, Rich Hill is still there as a familiar face. Homer Bailey is there. Michael Pineda is there. So that rotation is a whole bunch of twos and threes, but it's a very, very solid twos and threes style rotation that's going to eat some innings and do well for them in front of that bullpen. As for Bruce Dar Gratterall, I think the issue with the Red Sox was that they were expecting to have, you know, a 100 mile an hour throwing starter. And the problem is just about everybody in baseball looks at Bruce Dar Gratterall and says, closer. And the one thing that the, that the Dodgers needed in order to get over the hump was a bridge from their starting pitching to Kenley Jansen. Now, Kenley Jansen is certainly aging, but this could be either A, the heir apparent to Kenley Jansen when that big contract that he signed is up, or B, the really nice setup guy that could bridge that gap alongside Blake Trinan and another year of Joe, I gave up a grand slam Kelly. Um, you know, Gratterall in the minor leagues last year had a 1.92 ERA across three different levels over 61 innings. Just to put that in perspective, the Gratterall played in the PCL last year and the average ERA of a pitcher there was over five. So guys like him and guys like Zach Gallon, who really succeeded at the PCL are starting to come through here. And sure, maybe there was something in the in the physical that the Red Sox didn't like. But at the end of the day, I think they were a little disappointed that this kid didn't project as a starter. And that's why they had to rework the deal.
1: I'm sorry, but it, whether they project him as a starter or a reliever, mm-hmm. it's a matter of if he has the stuff or not. Agreed. And right now, I believe Maeda is someone you know that has this stuff mm-hmm. in any role you put him. You put him in the rotation. You want to make him the setup man, the Jansen. You can do that. You can do. You could basically use him in any role, and I think that's worth the three point two million or whatnot. It seems like I have no idea why this move has to be made unless they are so high on Gratterall. Like they think this guy is like the next coming of Craig Kimbrell in his heyday. Like that's the only way you make this deal in my opinion, Joe, because you're in win now. It's not like Maeda is taking you further away from that goal.
0: Right now the Dodgers You see what sa- I'm saying? I, I do. I do. Right now the Dodgers salary for twenty nineteen sits at about two hundred and thirty four million dollars. I think this is or two and the total adjusted salary with everything being pushed, you know, out and, and deferred, and, and things of that nature, sits at $218 million. I think this is more a case of they want to get under that luxury tax threshold of 208 and they're going to find a way to get another $10 million off this books, whether it's Jock Peterson, whether it's Ross Stripling, or whether it's somebody else. I think they make another deal before spring training starts, which is only two weeks away. And they try to get under that number. This, it besides, may only be... Besides the $3
1: million that they shed, mm-hmm. do they suffer less of a penalty by going less over the threshold versus more over the threshold? I
0: think it's once you're over the threshold, it's a certain percentage of you get, what you... Yeah, right. You get hit. Yeah. And no. it doesn't it matter if 20, you're like a penny or a billion million. dollars over it, you're going to get hit. Okay. So, so then,
1: I mean... They're not that they're already so much further over it than they need to be. They're not getting under it this year mm-hmm. unless they can really shed something major and they're not going to. No, they're not but gonna be Jack able to Peterson, really pay Kershaw too much.
0: Yeah, Jock Peterson is seven and three quarter million. That's that certainly gets them close. You know, a guy like uh, a guy like Austin Barnes is another million or Ross Stripling's another two million. You put Ross Stripling and Jock Peterson together, there's your ten million dollars and and you're good. The unfortunate part is that the Los Angeles Angels got way too impatient. And Artie Moreno said, no, 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 no. I'm done. I'm not doing this. And backed out of the deal. So if they can find another another suitor for Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling, get a small package of players to come back, I think that will do well for them. But I don't know if they're, they're going to be able to find that this late into the offseason and find a team as perfect a fit as the Angels seem to be with needing a pitcher and needing a left-handed power bat in the middle of that lineup,
1: and an outfielder,
0: right, right. I mean, fortunately enough, Jack Peterson also plays first base. He could have been a nice piece for the dot for the for the Red Sox to get for one year. But there again, we're talking money there, and you don't want to deal with that. But as long as we're talking about the Red Sox, let's take a look at what they are getting back this time. Still Alex Verdugo, we talked about him, go check out that video that we did on him uh, about a week ago. But now they're also getting Jeter Downs and Connor Wong. And who are these kids? Well Jeter Downs is a 21 year old first round draft pick who was drafted 32nd overall by the Cincinnati Reds in 2017. You may remember that name because he was involved in the Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, Alex Wood trade just 1 year ago in the 2018 offseason. And last year between high A and double A, he had 460 at bats, 92 runs scored, 35 doubles, 24 homers, 86 RBIs, 24 homers, I'm sorry, 24 steals, 60 walks. 107 strikeouts, a 276 batting average, 362 on base, and an OPS at 888. Ben, this kid is talented, and they are going to be probably slotting him into second base in 2021.
1: All right, so he gets a year
0: of seasoning there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. If he becomes the guy that they're trading for,
1: the guy that Cincinnati moved away to get that huge package seems like right now, maybe the Cincinnati Reds might be kicking themselves if this guy turns out to be something. Because, I mean, it sounds like from these numbers, you didn't sweat the minor leagues, obviously.
0: Nope. The minors to the majors is not a small
1: jump. It is a huge jump. It is. So I I take those numbers with a grain of salt. I do. But you, you can't not take a look at them and acknowledge the fact... That is under 500 at-bats. And he still put up an extraordinarily productive year in the minors. So that's what the Red Sox are going with. That's what they're hoping they're getting. Um, Maybe this ends up being a better play than having Gratterall, and that's why they made this deal. I mean, I give them a lot of credit right now. Um, Heim Bloom, he's uh, getting the job done right now. He's taking care of what he needs to to make this team better for the future. And I hope for their sake... Uh, it works out.
0: Yeah. The the industry insiders are saying that Jeter Downs slots in as the number one overall prospect for the Red Sox now. And again, he'll be in AAA this year. If he puts up a productive season, we should see him next year at second base, which means you're probably not picking up the option on Mitch Moreland. You're moving Michael Chavis to first base next year, and you get Jeter Downs at second next year. Now, as for Connor Wong... Connor Wong is a 23-year-old third-round draft pick of the LA Dodgers in 2017. Been with the organization since then until this trade. And last year, he was also right along Jeter Downs at high A and double A. 423 at-bats, 56 runs scored, 24 doubles, 24 homers, 82 RBIs, 11 steals, 32 walks, 143 strikeouts with 200 with a 281 batting average a 336 on base and an 878 ops he is a catcher and will probably slot in as such but if there's one thing that surprises me here it's 143 strikeouts in double a that does not look How like old it's, is he? Uh, 23
1: yeah it's you know there's things that with both of these players with tear downs as well you look at and there are things you like and things that you don't like but at the same time you just can't you can't take too much you can't take them too seriously right now because you don't know what happens when they reach the next level
0: He will probably either be in double-A or triple-A, depending on where they assign him. Um, But we're not going to be seeing this kid either. Christian Vasquez is taking a huge step forward. I think he's more an insurance policy in case Vasquez is like a one-and-done type guy where he has this one great season and then sort of flames out. They've got another young kid that will start coming up in a year or two.
1: Was Vasquez as expected to be a productive, everyday catcher, or was he just kind of a fine?
0: Uh, to be honest, I didn't really hear his name as a top prospect, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't. Um, you know, I But think, neither did
1: I. Right. I, that's why I was just like, wow, this guy is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's you know, for the amount of at-bats he's getting, he's extremely productive amongst catchers. Right. So where the heck did he come from? But, I mean, they're happy they found him. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Right now, uh, roster resource has Connor Wong at double A to start the year. Uh he is also a second and third base option as well. Uh don't know that he really will slot there, uh, with with Jeter Downs being the future second baseman and Rafi Devers at third. So we could see him as a depth piece somewhere down the line, or he could be, you know, a, a guy that platoons with, with Christian Vasquez in the long run. But that being said, you know, decent deal for the Red Sox. A lot of Red Sox fans were expecting a whole lot more. But at the end of the day, when you're giving that much money away in order to, t- to have somebody free up money on your team in taking David Price, your return is not going to be as good and the fact that Mookie Betts is a one-year deal and then he walks as a free agent potentially, you're just not going to see the kind of return that I think Red Sox fans expected. You know, I think Red Sox fans were expecting four or five either major league ready or top prospect type players, and that just wasn't going to be the case in this deal.
1: No, no way. And what they get is just a couple of coin flips, Mm -hmm. and if you include Verdugo in that, three. Coin flips, right. because he's not the real deal yet. So yeah, I, I can understand their gripe, um, but I think a good amount of the logic here was they were going to lose Mookie anyway, right. and how do we shed the money of David Price exactly to move on from that contract? I think that was seems so much more practical if they could include him in the package. Now. What are what are the Dodgers getting of David Price? Is this lefty still a number three even? I mean, you move him to the National League, could he be more successful there? Potentially. I mean, it's a league he's never pitched in, so why not? I mean, you've seen him succeed on Detroit Tigers, right. on Tampa. I mean, and even been, oh, even
0: in twenty eighteen, I mean, this is only a year removed from a sixteen and seven season with a three and a half ERA over one hundred and seventy five innings. You get one hundred and seventy five innings out of a healthy David Price and double digit wins with an ERA, even even if it's three and a half to four. I think you take that as a number three starter.
1: Right. It's a matter of how he's going to pitch in some of these other stadiums. But mm-hmm. like we know he was awful pitching in the Bronx. Sure. So but he doesn't now he's going to anymore. have to get us. Now he gets assimilated to places like Coors mm-hmm. and Petco. You know, these are very different types of stadiums. When it, we talk about hitters' ballparks and pitchers' ballparks. So it's just going to be interesting to see. Sometimes this rejuvenates a guy's career. And he's not that old. I mean, he's, he's on the other side of 30, if you will. He's about 35. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he can't have an
0: his numbers here in some of the uh, nl ballparks if you want to hear some of them chase field specifically he only has one game uh was a looks like a 304 batting average against uh six era he did not win um only he went six innings gave up four earned uh st louis he had an era north of four citizens bank ballpark a 1.29 era uh let's see in Dodger Stadium, he has, looks like two starts there, a 2 ERA, three earned runs over 12 innings. You know, it's not an enormous sample size, but it's at least a, a blurry enough picture to where you go, this could be okay. Uh, he was in Coors Field, his ERA is almost six. That's kind of to be expected. Um, Miller Park, his ERA is under two and a half. Nationals Park is ERA is under 4. Uh, AT&T Park in San Francisco is ERA is two two 2.25. Petco, 2.57. Uh, let's see. And, I mean, Turner Field no longer stands, so it doesn't matter there. But, like I said...
1: Yeah, when I talk about these numbers, I mean, it's just... Can't really make much of them, right? Right. Now. right. He,
0: You're talking about a guy much who's more of a sample size, right? You're talking about a guy who's made one or two starts in each one of these, each one of these ballparks. So it's a blurry enough picture to where you go, well, he was okay there, maybe. Right? You know, at the end of the day, yeah, you kind of have to put faith in the track record that a 34 year old David Price is a number three starter will be serviceable enough for the Dodgers that the loss of Kent Maeda is. Band by this David Price deal.
1: Right. It's kind of like
0: you're switching them. Exactly. And if you're getting graterol as well, then you're getting a two for
1: one, basically. Exactly. If you, if graterol is going to be effective this year and be in that bulb and a mainstay for you. So that remains to be
0: seen. Right. Right. Meanwhile, down in San Diego, the Dodgers uh, division rival Padres have made yet another deal once again with the Tampa Bay Rays, and they have acquired Emilio Pagan from Tampa, for Manny Margot and prospect Logan Driscoll. Now, what do the Padres get in Emilio Pagan? In 2019, Pagan pitched in 66 games, 70 innings, and had 20 saves with a 2.31 ERA, 96 strikeouts over those 70 innings, and only 13 walks. Now, Pagan goes from being the closer in Tampa to one of the setup men in front of Kirby Yates with Andres Munoz and Craig Stammen and Drew Pomeranz, And suddenly, that San Diego bullpen is deep, Ben.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just in a pitcher's ballpark, just another guy to add in there. And this guy was very effective. I thought that, you know, the whole Tampa Bay Rays, the way they had that system going with the openers, it just, everything seemed to work really well for the Rays. So this guy is very adjusted to the major league. I think moving to the National League could only potentially be beneficial for him so good move for the dot for the Padres and they they move up another outfielder mm-hmm. does that kind of shed the depth of their outfield it's just a bit they, I mean
0: yeah they uh they they still sit with Tommy Pham and Trent Grisham Will Myers and now Franchi Cordero slots in as their center fielder right. um yeah it, and,
1: and Franchi Cordero I would assume is gonna have
0: Absolutely.
1: I'm sorry. If you're going to assume that Trent Grisham is.
0: coming up as a possibility to start in center field opening day for the San Diego Padres is the kid that they got in the deal the three-team deal that included uh, Trevor Bauer going to Cincinnati and uh, what was the oh uh Framiel Reyes going to Cleveland and that's the kid that they got back from Cincinnati in that deal his name is Taylor Trammell he was a top outfield prospect slots in as a center fielder that could be the kid that takes that job away from Franchi Cordero if he performs well this spring, he's only 22 years old. Won't be 23 until the end of 20 uh, the end of the 2020 season. So that's a possibility there. Just keep an eye on that game right. in spring because if he hits if the cover off. To the be ball, a,
1: I don't think they'll want to start the clock on him and bring them on opening day. No, so I could be wrong.
0: No, but that's but this is a team that has done that before with Chris Paddock and uh, right. Fernando Tatis last year. So there's so right. if this but kid tears the keep, cover you off the keep ball.
1: Doing it if, right, you're just going to shorten your window if you mm-hmm. keep doing it though. So sure. I mean, I don't know. Sure, it depends on your strategy and how you're planning on going about
0: it. I understand they're in win now, right now. What do the Tampa Bay Rays get back? Well, they get back Manny Margot, who last year in 398 at-bats scored 59 runs, hit 19 doubles, 12 homers, 37 RBIs, 20 steals, 38 walks, 88 strikeouts, a 234 batting average, a 304 on base percentage, a 691 OPS. He's a 25-year-old center fielder. He's arbitration eligible after this year, will make $2.48 million in 2020, and won't be a free agent until after 2023. He slots into the outfield, perhaps as their starting center fielder, but Kevin Kiermaier's already there, and that outfield's already deep. It's really deep now with Margot, Jose Martinez, Hunter Renfro, Austin Meadows, Kevin Kiermaier. It's very crowded there, and I think this is a team in Tampa Bay that's going to do a lot, a lot of platooning this year, Ben, and that is always a problem in fantasy.
1: Yeah, always a problem in fantasy. Could even be a problem for a team if you have a player that just needs to get going and he can't get going until he has regular at bats. But what it could do beneficially, and something that we see from the Rays a lot, is come trade deadline time they have a couple of guys that they can move and they can still compete mm-hmm. with having who they have left. So um, maybe a guy like a Kiermaier can play himself into a trade. I, we kind of know what Kiermaier is, right? Um, i i don't i think the jury is out that he's not really a starting player i, I think um
0: i think he's a fringe he's, i think he's a good i think he's a starter on a bad team and a defensive replacement on a good team
1: yeah i think he's more of a defensive replacement and mm-hmm. this is a good team yeah but um yeah I, I see margot just being another guy that they have off the bench uh, injuries happen so it's nice to have the extra depth um who knows if hunter renfro is really going to be able to stay healthy so you hope that he does um and just i don't know i mean it's better to have the depth but I, you never know what the rays you never i know that they're trying to win a world series to an extent but they're always a team that's just another farm system for the yankees like the mm-hmm. oakland athletics or whatnot you right. know they're just gonna be shed they're never gonna be signing anyone long term and for big money. We know who they are, but that doesn't mean that they're not trying to compete, they're not trying to win. But I always wonder what their ulterior motive is because it's the race.
0: Yep. And you know, you talk about them shedding contracts or shedding shedding players toward the end of the season I see that being the case with Willie Adamas this year. If he plays himself into a trade, they've got a shortstop prospect that is the number one overall prospect in baseball down at AAA this year, and he's going to push Willie Adamas' job. If anything happens to that guy, we could see Wander Franco this year, and that could be, you know, this is an MVP caliber bat that sits in the minor leagues for the Tampa Bay Rays. The problem is, the last time they had one of those, it was Evan Longoria. They signed him to a big deal and then traded him a couple of years later, and he has never been the same since.
1: Yeah, I don't think Adamus is being paid really big money. You know, if you're going to move him, you're moving him because you're going to get, like, a crazy amount of prospects back because he's having an awesome year.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is is actually... uh, He's actually not even arbitration eligible until 2022 and is a free agent after 2025. So Willie Adamas probably is on this team for a while unless they can get a haul for him and Wander Franco is just, you know, being Babe Ruth down at AAA. So remains to be seen what happens there, but this is certainly a kid that... I could see, you know, maybe he takes over second base for Brandon Lau, but there's another young kid that's talented. You know, third base is, is currently being being locked down by Yandy Diaz. There's there's right. a plethora of young talent on this Rays team and more on the way. And that brings me to Logan Driscoll, who is basically the throw-in on this deal. He's a 22-year-old second-round draft pick of San Diego last year in the 2019 draft. He is a catching and right-field prospect Uh, In 2019, he played in college, low A, and the Arizona Fall League. Didn't have enough of a sample size for me to really pull some numbers for you guys. Uh, Just suffice it to say that there's plenty of upside with this kid if he's a second round draft pick out out of college. Uh, Just turned 22 when he was drafted. He was 21. So he's right on par with where you would expect a prospect to be. And this kid is basically another lottery ticket that you're throwing into the Rays farm system and going, well, here's another one that we could strike gold with. And they do time and time again. So if this kid yes. is, is a t- kid they've targeted, I look toward 2022 and 2023 as, a, as this, this kid's time to shine.
1: Right. You just never know with the Rays. They're always thinking about the future and they just collect more and more and more. And yeah, sometimes you just, Hold the lever and three cherries come out with mm-hmm. one of these guys. I'll Max Muncy. Where the heck did that guy come from with the Dodgers? I, I use him as an example, but there are just so many. And I mean, you can talk about Jeff McNeil for the Mets. I mean, right. coming from double A and exploding on the scene, one of the most dangerous, you know, utility second baseman in the game now. So right. uh, yeah, you, you just never know. And um, if he's a second round pick right out of college, Potential. I mean, they expect something out of him. That's why they made the deal for him. So he's kind of a throw in here. But yeah, it's more about Margot and then just collecting more pieces. And are they trying to win the division here? I think that's kind of out of reach. Are they trying to win the wild card like they did last year? Sure, they're trying to win the World Series, but they're mostly just trying to make money every year because, I mean, the sales in that at Tropicana Field are awful and I mean the, the prices are so low it's it's not really a baseball stadium it's kind of like an indoor arena and okay. I enjoyed my experience when I went to Tropicana Field but I mean my god for them to think okay. this uh, experiment with them going to Montreal and back it's, it's That's a whole other a thing nightmare. but it's just Mm-hmm. And it just was not the same for me, but whatever. You can't take it away from them. They won the World Series in 2008. Did the Phillies just like the Astros won the World Series in 2017? Right. So can't take away from anybody as I go and <laughs> as I digress. Um, I just I hope for those Tampa Bay Rays fans they get their championship because that team ain't sticking around forever.
0: Yep. Benji, this has been an amazing show and. Some of the pitchers and catchers are starting to report today. The New York Mets, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're all starting to report today. A lot of teams report tomorrow or on the 12th, with the first workout being later this week. I am really excited. 2020's coming, my friend. Thank you for being here with me.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, Joe. And yeah, it's exciting that these guys are coming to camp. But as we had this topic about all these deals and trades being made, What's one team that hasn't really done it? The Mets. The Mets. Get on board here, guys. We still need some help. I know they're basically done, but uh, just brutal to see some of these other teams getting better and better while we're just kind of that pedestrian 86 and a half over under. It's not really the ideal situation for us right now, Joe, but.
0: All right. And next episode, we're going to be talking about those Mets and the Will Wilpons and all of the feelings that we have in our third installment of our short little videos and episodes that we do specifically as Mets fans. Guys, thank you so much for being here. If you're listening on Anchor or Spotify or Stitcher, go ahead and give us a follow. Share this with your friends. You know you want to be talking about this Mookie Betts deal or this Padres deal. Baseball is coming and the hype train is leaving the station. For those of you watching on YouTube, go ahead and give us a follow. That button is going to be right over here. And check out our last episode. It's going to be right over here. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time, it's been real, it's been fun, and it's always real fun in the bigs. We'll see you next time.